This is Brain Diet, episode 178, How to Coach Yourself. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I record podcasts a little bit ahead most of the time, some of the time, just because it's easier that way to allow for life to happen. And we just had the 4th of July right as I'm recording this. And I love that holiday. In fact, I think that's my favorite holiday of the year for a lot of reasons, but it also happens to be the day that my husband and I got married on the beach in Maui. Now, why did we choose the 4th of July? You might ask, (laughs) am I a huge patriotic American? I am. I love America and I'm so grateful to live in the United States. But when we had gotten engaged we were finding a weekend that everyone we wanted to be there could be there. And it was just my parents, siblings, and my husband's parents and siblings, and my aunt and uncle, who uh, my uncle was the one that married us, and then my uncle, who's like a second father to me. And it was just a, a, a small and very, very intimate group of people. So it was really important that we had everyone there. And my brother in law at the time was in grad school. And he said the only weekend kind of in between all of the crazy stuff that I've got going on is the weekend of the 4th of July. And it happened to be on a Saturday. And just with the way everything worked out, that was kind of the day that was available for everyone to be together and for us to get married. So we got married on the 4th of July. And it was quite magical because at the end of the evening, fireworks were going off, like as the ceremony was finishing and we were lighting off lanterns. And I was like, here America is celebrating America, but we also get fireworks that we can pretend are in our honor because we just got married. (laughs) So the 4th of July is very special to me. I love that holiday and I, I love the entire day of activities. We just do so much in my family. That's really fun that I look forward to. So with that, that's a little update on what's going on with me. Now let's get into what we were talking about on this episode today, how to coach yourself. Now, if you aren't aware, I am a life coach and I work with clients and I help them through a lot of nutritional practices and we work on fat loss and other weight and health goals. But what comes with a lot of that is mental drama and mental turmoil. And the skills that I teach as a life coach apply in the world of health. But what I love about it is health is just kind of the introduction to coaching and to some of the tools that I use as a life coach. And my clients take those tools and then apply it into every other area of their life. And that uplevels everything that makes their life better in every way. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I love the external parts of health, the exercise, the nutrition. I think it's fascinating and I really enjoy learning about it and teaching it. But when you can really create internal transformation, that's what improves life. That is what makes quality of life better than you ever could have imagined. And so what I am sharing with you today on this episode is kind of a window into 
how to coach yourself and a way to walk you through, walk yourself through certain issues so that you can get instant relief from something. When we are in the midst of problems, it's typically because we are charged emotionally and feeling a lot of big things. And so what I want to share is a way to walk through these moments that is helpful and useful and strategic and leaves you improved on the other side of it. And all of this that I'm going to, excuse me, what I'm going to teach today is what I am teaching my kids. My kids are six and four and I am teaching them this same stuff every single day on a much simpler level. Obviously it's more like age appropriate verbiage and and as I explain it, it's more to their age, but it is something that anybody can learn and benefit from. And so it's something that I teach my kids and I'm very passionate about. What I am teaching and how I'm going to present it to you today, it is a practice and it takes time to develop the skill. It's a skill that over time, the more that you do it, the better that you get at it. And so wherever you are in your ability to notice your thoughts and work on them is exactly where you need to be. You don't need to be anywhere else. You don't need to be better at it. Trust yourself that you're in the right spot and then just keep going, keep practicing. Because as you will hear as I get into this, even just believing I should be better at this or I'm not where I should be with this type of skill is a painful thought to think and can get in the way of you actually making progress. And so just trust that where you are is where you need to be. And the more that you do it, the better that you will get. And <clears throat> excuse me. And as an important piece to note as well, you can get fantastic results with these types of skills. But with a coach, you can really 10x plus some your results. Because when you have a coach that is skilled and trained and able to guide you through these things and help you see and help point out things that maybe you're too close to your own brain to see, that's when you can really create some explosive change that is so powerful and so fun to witness as a coach and obviously so fun to experience as a person just to realize the power that you have with your mind. So with that, I want to allude to the framework with which I coach. And for those that are familiar with me, you know, I am a life coach certified through the Life Coach School founded by Brooke Castillo, and she teaches the self-coaching model, which essentially just organizes the world into five different parts. And those things are circumstances, the information that we have around us, thoughts that we have about those circumstances, feelings, which come from the way that we're thinking, and then actions that come from the way that we're feeling and how we act is what creates our results. And I have an episode that goes into depth uh, on the self-coaching model. And it's one of my like earliest episodes. I think it's called How to Solve Any Problem. And I talk more about that. And so that might be a good one to reference as I am talking about how to walk yourself through using this modality. Now, when it comes to coaching yourself and paying attention to your mind, one of my favorite ways that I heard it explained was from Corinne Crabtree. So what I'm going to share with you today is from her and she was on the podcast I want to say it was episode 160 and she is someone that I admire so much and was so honored to have her on the podcast she is a highly successful person and I have learned so much from her and one of the things that I have learned that I love this approach is she calls it the four ends the four ends and that is what I want to share with you today is the four ends what those mean 
and how you can use them to coach yourself. And by coaching yourself typically means how to get instant relief around an issue, how to work through something, how to put the puzzle pieces together to then solve a problem. So the four N's are notice, normalize, neutralize, and next best thought. Notice, normalize, neutralize, and next best thought. So notice is the first N of this process. We are not often aware of specific sentences that we are thinking all day, every day, because that's what we are doing is we are conscious thinking all day. We are having these thoughts run through our mind constantly, whether we're really aware of it or not, it is always happening. And so when we develop the ability to notice more of what we're thinking, we then have the fuel that we need to work with to create change. Because a lot of times we have these thoughts that we don't pay attention to or we don't question and they get in the way of the things that we want to do in our life. So noticing what you're thinking is opening up a storage unit and noticing all of the stuff inside. Like if you've ever seen those shows where they're like, what's inside this storage unit? Let's see. We're going to auction it off. What's that one called? I can't remember. But they open it up and they're like, what's in here? And this is what we have to do with our minds a little bit is we're not often used to looking inside, not only inside the storage unit, but inside the boxes and inside the boxes within the boxes. And this analogy is what equates to paying attention to your mind is just looking at the sentences that are swirling around in there. And so part of developing the ability to notice what you're thinking is allow your brain to think without it being uns- uh, it being uncensored and then to pay attention to what you notice. <laughs> and one of the ways to do this is by writing it down. If you were to have a pen in hand and to write down a stream of consciousness without stopping, you would then have a string of thoughts to look at. And sometimes we will write and be like, man, I don't know what to write about this seems really silly. I'm not going to be able to get anything from this. And just as we're writing uncensored in this way, all of those are thoughts. And if you're thinking, I don't know what to write about, or if you're thinking, this isn't going to lead to anything, that in and of itself is going to block you from finding more. But that's the point of all of this is just to notice. What are you thinking? What opinions do you have? What beliefs are coming up for you a lot? What thoughts do you have about yourself? And it could bring up thoughts like, I'm not good enough, or I can't do this, or I'm so fat, or I'm so weak for eating that, or my body is broken, that food is bad, I'm not attractive. Have you ever thought any of those things? When you can notice those thoughts, you're in a brilliant place to move forward to create change. And what happens is these thoughts, whatever they are for you, they are having a ripple effect in your life. Because if you're thinking, I'm not good enough, that leads to you feeling a certain way. And when you feel a certain way, you're going to show up in the world. And however you show up in the world based on how you're feeling, that's going to create your results. If you don't believe you're good enough, you're going to feel terrible and you're not going to show up in a useful way. And when you're not showing up for your life, you're not creating the results that you want. So that's why noticing is the first and most important step. Paying attention to what you're thinking. And it sounds simple, but it is a skill that requires practice. The next step in all of this is to normalize. Now, first, we have identified perhaps a lot of different thoughts that we are thinking. It is very important that we normalize what we are thinking and we normalize the fact that we have these thoughts. Every thought you have, it's normal to have them, no matter what it is. And it's okay. And that doesn't mean that we 
accept them and don't change them. But it's important to not add a layer of judgment on top of whatever we find. Because if we are putting judgment on top of a thought, if we think I'm not good enough, and then we're like, wow, I'm so stupid for thinking I'm not good enough. All it does is just bury things further, making it harder to change. So whatever you notice in your mind, first normalize it. It's okay that you're thinking that way. It's normal to be thinking that way. It's okay. There's a lot we can do. And this is where the conversation with your brain starts. Conversing with our brain is an underrated skill that can be the difference between failure and success. When we notice what we're thinking, normalize what we're thinking, we then have a chance to have a conversation with our brain. And it starts by saying, oh, I hear you. It's totally okay that we have this thought. Nothing's wrong with us that we have this thought. So much of mental health is conversing with your brain. But what happens is we're inclined to just let our brain have the last word. We're inclined to just let our brain run unsupervised. And when we let it run unsupervised, there's a lot of crap that gets through that leads us to feel not good at all. And so if our brain has a thought like, this is too hard, and we just allow that to slide through, like we are preventing ourselves from showing up in a way that could create the results that we want, all because of a sentence in our mind. It would be kind of like if you were to get into a car to go somewhere and the gas tank is almost empty, you wouldn't be like, well, I guess we should just give up, get out and walk to the destination or just walk home. Like if you get into a car and the gas tank is close to empty, you're like, the first thing I'm going to do is go fill this up with gas so I can get to where I need to go. This is what it's like. We have to respond rather than just be complacent with what's happening in our mind. Another way to think about this that I thought was fascinating is I have been deep in all of the Titan submersible implosion. And I think the rest of the world and people on TikTok are with me on this, that it's been fascinating to follow. And so naturally, I've been watching all of these interviews about James Cameron, and then because, well, not about him, him giving these interviews. And on these interviews, he talks about the deep submergence community and deep diving and deep sea diving, whatever. But then because I'm watching that, then I'm fed stuff just about his life and about his filmmaking strategy. And one of the things I thought was fascinating that I saw is one of the scenes in Titanic when everyone is boarding the ship, he realized that historically they boarded on the other side of the ship. Now they had spent millions of dollars, millions of, of important funds to building the ship, to creating the wardrobe, to creating the set, all of the things to film this. And instead of saying, well, I guess we're done. I guess that's it we can't solve for this because we've invested millions so far. He anticipates problems as a filmmaker. And instead of throwing it all away, he's constantly problem solving. And so in this case, it was fascinating that what they had done was create mirror options of everything. So all of the costumes, if historically they had the buttons on the right, they made the costumes have the buttons on the left so that they could film it and then mirror the image. And like the signs on the cars, they had to do mirrored. But when they filmed it and then mirrored it, it then was historically accurate because it looked like they were boarding the ship from the correct side. And I was so struck by this that he, as a filmmaker, doesn't isn't deluded into the idea that there aren't going to be issues. He's not going to have things to respond to. Instead, he anticipates problems and comes up with solutions and makes it work no matter what. 
And this is what I think we have to do with our minds is we can't be surprised and bummed out when we have certain thoughts that aren't useful. Instead, we just have to anticipate them. Be like, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of nonsense that comes up first. But what I'm going to do is respond to it and decide what I'm going to do with it. What am I going to do with this thought? Am I just going to allow this to slide through and be how I'm operating today? Or can I say, "Mm, I don't think we're going to think that thought. I don't think that's a useful one. We're going to respond to it and have a conversation back and forth that allows us to think more deliberately rather than just by default. When you have thoughts that are painful, it's not the end of a road. It's normal. Respond as though it's normal and instead have that conversation. The next step after normalize is to neutralize. Now, this is where circumstances come into play, information, things that are happening happening outside of us. What is happening outside of you is neutral. What people are saying, what people are doing, the food that's in front of you, it is all just information. The body that you have, the food that you're eating, what you've eaten or not eating, all of this is just information. And then what happens is we give it meaning with how we are thinking. And that meaning comes in the form of thoughts. Someone says something and we think, well, that was really mean. Or we eat some food and we think, well, that was really bad of me to do this. So neutralize is the point where we look at the information. We look at what we are having thoughts about and make sure we understand that it is neutral, that it is not what's causing the feelings that we are experiencing. We are causing those feelings with how we are thinking about that information. We create separation between the information of your life and the interpretation of your life. And this is so as to not give power to things outside of us. Because again, if we just believe that we are a victim to the circumstances outside of us, we deny ourselves the opportunity to create change, to create the life that we want. This is the window into how we create our emotional experience. This is, oppor- this is our opportunity to be in charge versus living at the effect of. So whatever is happening in your life, whatever you have done or not done, whatever people are doing to you, this is just information and we are the ones that get to decide what we want to make it mean. There's no such thing as a bad thing or a good thing until we decide that within our own mind. It's important as well to recognize that sometimes if we are having a hard time shifting our perspective about something, it's because we have skipped this step. It's because we have skipped neutralizing. And what we're trying to do then is have a positive thought about what we still believe to be a negative circumstance. And as long as we believe that something is inherently negative, then we will not have the freedom to really be in charge of our emotional experience. So neutralizing is really important to get as factual as possible with the information of your life, whether it's the people or the circumstances or the food or the weight. All of these things are just pieces of information that without a brain wouldn't make us feel anything because we wouldn't be able to give it meaning. We wouldn't be able to have thoughts about it. And sometimes this step alone to really see the neutrality of the things happening in front of you, sometimes this is enough to release you from the problem. Sometimes this is enough to just kind of like wiggle that thought enough to where it just kind of shakes free. Because when we think this circumstance is is causing how I feel, then it's hard for us to let go of that. But when we realize that we're the one that's creating how we're feeling with a thought, when we see how neutral the information outside of us is, it makes it easier for us to give it up because we recognize that it is a choice. 
And sometimes this happens to a degree to where we don't even need to find a new perspective, a new thought, a new way to think about something because we simply are able just to move on by recognizing that our thoughts are a choice and that our circumstances are neutral. What comes next though, after neutralizing is the fourth and final N of this process, which would be the next best thought. Now, again, it's often not necessary. It's more of an optional step because that neutralizing step is so powerful to illustrate your own power to yourself to create your emotional experience with how you're thinking because everything outside of you is just neutral. But sometimes we want to shift the way we're thinking about something. And if we haven't neutralized, then again, we get into that realm of toxic positivity where we still think something's negative and are trying to be positive about it, which means we got to go back to the third end, step three, and neutralize the information. For example, if we think that our body is inherently negative, if we think that our body is inherently bad or wrong or ugly, and we try to be positive about it, we just create more tension. We create an argument in our brain of like, oh, we're so ugly. Well, no, we're not. Yes, we are. Oh, no, we're not. And when we have that back and forth argument, then that's where we are not recognizing the neutrality of our body. Because the truth is our body is made up of parts, of of scientific parts. It's got bones. It's got muscle. It's got organs. It's got nerves. It's got blood vessels. It's got a lot of scientific parts that are not good or bad. They are just parts that exist. And so it's important that we recognize the neutral state of what we're having an opinion about, the the neutrality of our circumstances, in which case our body is a circumstance. It's just parts that we have thoughts about that are very charged. So in this step, for example, instead of thinking, I'm unattractive or I have huge thighs, for example, you can shift just a little bit to saying something like, I have a femur bone because that is true and that's likely a less painful thought. Now, we can't, sometimes we aren't able to jump to extremes all at once, like I hate myself to I love myself, but that's why we have to find the next best thought. Some, one that's just a slight shift that gives us a little bit of relief that then we can slowly work our way in a more strategic direction. So let's do another example. If you like 4th of July, right? We just had the 4th of July and we had so much good food and I ate a lot and I had lots of desserts and I kind of knew I would because I just know how these holidays go and I I love the food that people bring and it's just kind of part of the day for me. Afterward, I could have looked at what I ate and said, oh my gosh, I ate so bad. I really have to make up for that. I did so terribly. And that's one interpretation. But to me, that feels shameful. That feels guilty. And so a shift that I could create if I were in this situation were to simply say, I ate food. I ate fruits. I ate meat. I ate food. (laughs) Can you feel the shift there? How neutral that is. And though it's not an overly positive thought, it creates enough of a shift to help change my emotional experience to help me move forward in my health versus staying stuck and dwelling on the past and the quote unquote mistakes I made. So a next best thought is a great way to create a little perspective shift, recognizing your own power to have thoughts about all the neutral information around you. 
A caveat to these four ends that I will offer to watch out for is sometimes we try to find the right thought. I noticed I coached thousands of people all across the world when I was doing some private coaching for Brooke Castillo. And oftentimes I would hear people discuss wanting to find the right thought. But is that is that the right one? Is that the most powerful one to look at and work to change, to notice, to normalize, to neutralize and find a different one? And what I want to offer in that case is that any thought looked at, paid attention to, and questioned will be useful. There's no such thing as the right thought. And so I would love to offer the idea that whatever you have access to, to notice in your mind is enough. Whatever you are able to pay attention to is perfect. And anything that you can look at will give you some advantage moving forward. So my friends, that is a crash course on how to coach yourself a little bit, to notice what you're thinking, to normalize what you're thinking, to neutralize the information that you're having thoughts about, and then to shift to a next best thought if necessary. These things are simple, but very powerful and take practice, but are one of the best ways to change your life. That is all I have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.